sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. A tangy Tuesday begins right here, right now, on the morning after on SportsGrid. Live on Sirius XM, channel 159, the home for SportsGrid radio on Sirius XM. And live all across the SportsGrid network as well, I am Ben Stevens. A tangy Tuesday as the NBA postseason is back tonight. The opening game in the Eastern Conference Finals in Miami. The Heat right now live on the FanDuel Sportsbook, a one and a half point home favorite against the Boston Celtics. The two's top seeds in the Eastern Conference with a total of 204 as well. A full-blown breakdown of everything and every angle you need to know for game number one tonight and the rest of the conference finals forecast later in this opening hour as well. But the reason it is truly, in essence, a tangy Tuesday is not because of me. It's because of the mastermind of such a word. It is Kevin Walsh here again on this tangy Tuesday on TMA For the entirety of this opening hour, of course, a preview of everything in the NBA playoffs, but also some baseball with old K-Dubs to start things off today. Kevin, a pleasure to be joined by you once again. Couldn't be anywhere else. Couldn't be anywhere else. Heat Celtics, it's the matchup that we've been anticipating here between this group. Uh, Shames, who does a great job behind the scenes. Right, he's been saying that this Boston team, if I if I I don't think I'm misquoting him, I think he said as good as the 72 and 10 Bulls. I'm pretty sure that was his words there, not yes, mine. It was. I've been saying that the that the poor, hopeful, upstart, scrappy, one seed dominated every single team they've played so far. Miami Heat are gonna be able to hold it down here. Look, I've been waiting. And we're going to sneak into Major League Baseball headlines, which better include the best team in Major League Baseball. Oh, I'm excited. Oh, I'm excited. I mean, listen, this is what we build up for here in the Spiz Grizz family. Shame's a big Celtics fan riding with the boys from Boston. Kev has said Miami is going to win the East and potentially an NBA championship for the last two months or so. We meet at that precipice in game number one tonight. But you're right, Kev. Let's start with some MLB headlines. And yes, we'll include and lead, in Mm. fact, with the best team in all of Major League Baseball. Painful for me to say, but joyful for Kevin Walsh, a fan of the New York Yankees who win yet again last night on the road in Baltimore. In Camden Yards, the Yankees win yet another game, 6-2, to improve to 26-9 straight up this season. Kev, your Bronx Bombers have won seven of their last eight games. If you include that 11-game win streak that really propelled the Yankees to the top of MLB, they've won 19 of their last 22. What's working so well for the Yanks? Well, I I think it's an unbelievable pairing because here's the reality. At this moment, they offer up the scariest lineup in Major League Baseball, and that's not the best aspect of their team. Nobody's (laughs) given up fewer runs than the New York Yankees. And if you've been paying attention, because here's the thing, Somehow, despite the Yankees being the Yankees, people haven't actually paid much close attention to the Yankees over the past two years, right? People would go, man, I got to tell you, this Yankees team, if they ever get some pitching, their pitching's been great for two years, and now it's great again. Nestor Cortez might go out there and win a Cy Young. Like, Derek Cole is actively, currently, not the best pitcher in pinstripes, and it's not a problem. He's still been good. The hitting is finally matched up. 
Aaron Judge is a nightmare to get people out. Giancarlo Stanton, again, if you've been paying attention, whenever he's healthy, is fantastic. And everybody else is filling in on a nightly basis. There are tough nine at-bats there each time you go through that order. Yanks are rocking, man. And Anthony Rizzo, his 10th home run of the season last night, a 6-2 victory once again for the New York Yankees, booked as a favorite in all but two games this year. A welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here. The opening hour of a tangy Tuesday on the grid. Sirius XM Channel 159. All of our terrestrial radio affiliates now in the fold as well. I am Ben Stevens. He is Kevin Walsh. He makes it tangy, an NBA playoff preview coming your way in just a couple of minutes. But right now, our focus in Major League Baseball and on the best team in baseball. The Yankees win yet again. They've won seven of their last eight. They are 26-9 and nine straight up. They have covered on the run line in five straight as well. They have gone over in five of their last seven games with a total of seven and a hook going over last night. And to echo Kevin's point here, when you have Luis Severino, who's a perfect 3-0 this year, getting another win last night in Baltimore, and you have Nestor Cortez dealing in the way that he is, you don't even think about Garrett Cole to make this starting rotation one of the best in all of the bigs. It's the reason the Yankees are 26-9, and yet again, straight up this year. But there is some competition in the American League, certainly. We thought maybe the Red Sox would provide some competition within their own division, the most competitive in baseball, perhaps, with the American League East. Hasn't really been the case for the Red Sox, except yesterday, booked as a favorite at home at Fenway against the second-best team in the American League. The Red Sox can finally get a win, and finally out of the cellar in the American League East, moving past the Orioles for the fourth spot, not the fifth spot anymore in that division. Yeah, it's incru- it really has been very interesting. I'm sure you've been following it a ton here. The way the divisional odds have been on the move on the FanDuel Sportsbook, there's been no mm. hesitation from the book. Yanks are minus 220 to win the division. How about the Boston Red Sox? 50-1. to 1. Basically saying that their season is already over as they sit 12 and a half back, you know, or excuse me, rather 12 flat back, you know, picking up a game not over the Yankees last night, but at least grabbing one in the win column there. It's been very yeah. interesting to follow. But look, the, the one thing I will say is that minus 220 on the Yanks might be a touch too strong. We're only 35 games into this season. All three divisional leaders in the American League now in minus money. We continue going around the diamond up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Our tour around the diamond on this Tuesday right here on the morning after live on SportsGrid continues on. I am Ben Stevens. He is Kevin Walsh, and we continue to go around Major League Baseball from yesterday and what it means for the odds from a big picture perspective. Our focus was on the American League. Kevin brought up the point about the AL East. Now, all six divisions on the FanDuel Sportsbook for all of Major League Baseball, the AL and the NL, include a minus money odds on favorite. So what does that do for the AL pennant race? Well, the Yankees, unsurprisingly, with the best record in baseball, are now booked 
as the betting favorites. Plus 290, the short price on the Yanks and the shortest we have seen all year long on New York. But followed closely by the Houston Astros at plus 450. The Blue Jays still up there at plus 470. And one of the best surprises in all of Major League Baseball to begin this season, how strong of a start the Angels have had. 7-1 to one, right there with the fourth best price. The top five rounded out by the Chicago White Sox at plus 750. But despite the fact that Houston lost yesterday on the road as an underdog in Boston inside Fenway against the Red Sox, their odds to win the AOS, Kevin, improving minus 210. A better price on Houston than we have seen all year long. The Astros were booked as a minus money odds on favorite even in the preseason, but this line now working in their favor at minus 210. The Angels, the second best price at plus 200. Not a great day for Los Angeles on the road yesterday in Texas against the Rangers with Noah Syndergaard, Thor, as he is known, on the bump. 42 pitches, two and a third, and Syndergaard gives up four earned runs on four hits and then quickly exits the game. The Rangers scored six runs in the home half of the first inning. The Angels scored three runs in the top half of the first inning. I hope you had a yes run first inning or an over of the half total for that first inning yesterday kev because it was a very big offensive start <laughs> in texas yesterday with the rangers winning seven to four now big day for the Yerfi. make sure you update those spreadsheets calculate accurately there uh, i'll tell you when it comes to the angels though i find it quite funny right you got to imagine they sit there they go now hold on a minute the only team that has more wins than us is the new york yankees and we're not even currently leading our division I mean, I mean, will this Astros team leave us alone, man? I mean, can, can they please let up a little bit there? But it goes to show the Astros find a way. Verlander's back, obviously, in an unbelievable way. He's been a big, uh, a big part of that there for the Angels. But really, the thing for the Los Angeles Angels, to be honest with you, is winning the division doesn't matter. Not that they don't want to win the division. Of course they do. You've had Mike Trout, that, Mike Trout there for what feels like forever since he's been involved in the postseason. I think he only made one postseason appearance in a small series against the Baltimore Orioles. I think his only hit was actually yep. a home run. I don't know why I remember so many Mike Trout postseason facts. <laughs> I guess it's because there's so few to actually remember. All the Angels need to do is get to the playoffs. That's all that yep. matters. Get Trout yep. to the playoffs. Get Otani to the playoffs. Get Rendon yep. back to the playoffs. That's all that yep. matters. Two of the Six, well, roughly here, six biggest stars in Major League Baseball are on that roster. Add at the deadline, stay competitive. You're going to be in the mix, no doubt about it, right? The AL East, so far, not as strong as once anticipated. I try to tell people everybody right. was being too optimistic about the Blue Jays. The Central looks, right, like the Twins can be there, okay. The White Sox, at some point, will get better. That's probably it. The Angels should be a playoff team, and that is, more than anything, Ben, that's just great news for Major League Baseball. It is huge news for Major League Baseball when the two betting favorites right now to win the American League MVP play on the same team in Anaheim. And Shohei Otani, who had an RBI double yesterday in the loss to Texas, and Mike Trout, who was batting 310 
to begin this season. The Angels are 24 and 14, the same win percentage technically, or at least how it shakes out in the standings with the Houston Astros, who are 23 and 13. They are tied at the top of that division. The Angels team win total was 83 and a half in the preseason, a number they had not gone over since the 2015 campaign. It was the year prior in the 2014 season, the last time the Angels made the playoffs. That is the goal, and Kevin is right, at least so far, positioning themselves well for a run at the divisional crown in the AL West, or at least an American League wildcard spot. Now we flip our attention over to the National League and the National League West. And the Dodgers snapped a four-game losing skid, avoiding a four-game sweep at the hands of the Philadelphia Phillies on Sunday to end out the weekend. They win just barely, holding on against the Arizona Diamondbacks yesterday, 5-4. to four. Not covering on the run line. And the Dodgers, Kevin, have not covered on the run line in six straight games, yet a win over the D-backs, 5-4 yesterday at home inside Dodger Stadium. I got to tell you, I absolutely adore the NL West. As, like, it's the same notion that I talked about with the Angels, right? The second-place team currently in the NL East is the Phillies. They have a better record than precisely zero teams in the NL West. The Dodgers yep. go out there, and not only do they obviously you know, pay you know, through the nose to make sure that they put forward an unbelievable roster, but those guys perform, right? They've, they've got uh, the highest-scoring offense in Major League Baseball. I think the second-highest-scoring offense in Major League Baseball. The, in, fr- in terms of run differential, they're only behind the New York Yankees. They've been awesome, the Los Angeles Dodgers. And meanwhile, the Padres and the Giants, hot on their tail. I mean, yep. you know, one of the forgotten things I think sometimes when you talk about last season, right? You know, that great race between the Dodgers and the Giants. And it was fun, but the Dodgers got past the Giants, right? So the idea is, ah, no harm, no foul. When they went to the Champions League, se- the Champion Series against the Braves, they played three in Atlanta. They lost all three of those games there. It matters for the Dodgers and for every single team to be able to get home field advantage. Look at the Dodgers' early season: twelve and five at home, ten and seven on the road. They want to be playing their playoff baseball in Dodger Stadium. I understand that they're still, you know, minus two thirty, whatever it might be, to win that NL West. But they're going to be in a dogfight, it seems very, very clear, from now until this regular season comes to a close. And the Padres still doing this all without Fernando Tatis Jr., just something to keep in mind. By the way, Tony Gonsolin yesterday, six innings pitched for the Dodgers, seven strikeouts against a D-backs team that now has the second-highest K-rate against righties all year long, 25.5%. Kev, you mentioned the NL West. Up until yesterday... All five teams, all five in the division, at least 500 or better. But thanks to a Mike Yastrzemski home run in the top of the ninth inning for the San Francisco Giants yesterday, they win 7-6 to six over the Rockies, who now Kevin Fall sadly won g- game below 500. But still, all of these teams in the National League West performing pretty well at this moment. One final note about this game, you can see 13 total runs going over that total of 12. The Rockies have the second highest over percentage in all of Major League Baseball, just a few percentages less than 59%. But it brings us to the National League pennant odds right now, Kev, where the Dodgers are the favorites at plus 220. The New York Mets, the second best price behind them, and the Milwaukee Brewers still there in the top three as well. But notice the price on the Atlanta Braves. Still plus 750, Kevin, for a team that loses to Milwaukee in a pitcher's duel yesterday, 1-0 in 
in the state of Wisconsin. And at that plus 750 price on the Braves for a team that's four games below 500 to begin this year, 16 and 20 straight up, Kevin, does that number make sense to you? So it's always tough because, again, there's still almost 130 games left. And then, basically, if I tell you the Braves get to the playoffs and you have them at plus 750, no matter where they are, hey, the Braves are in the playoffs, you have them at plus 750 to win the NL. You're like, that's fine. I'll live with it. Here's one thing I have my eye on. We all know Cooney Jr. was not there to start the season. He came back just a couple of days before May started. He has now missed a week of baseball. But before that, seven-game hit streak, Four out of the seven had two-plus bases. Can he get back to form? Let's not forget, before he was injured, he was the favorite to win National League MVP. Like, not like, man, that guy's solid. He's an all-star. He was the favorite to win National League MVP. He comes back, stays on the field. That's really going to help this Braves roster. By the way, the Braves striking out more than 28% in the last two weeks, the highest mark in Major League Baseball. A preview of the NBA postseason next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The NBA playoffs are back tonight. We get rolling in the Eastern Conference Finals. Game number one in South Beach between the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics. The two top overall seeds in the Eastern Conference. Welcome back to the morning after. Live here on this tangy and it's going to get tangy Tuesday on Mm. SportsGrid and Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens, but the master of tang is none other than old K-Dubs. Kevin Walsh here with us for a third consecutive segment for the entirety of this opening hour where the focus is now the NBA playoffs game number one Kev tonight in the Eastern Conference Finals that number one overall seed Mm. who has home court advantage despite being the series underdog the Miami Heat a slight Mm -hmm. home favorite tonight a one and a half point home favorite exact live right now in the FanDuel Sportsbook with an over under that currently stands at 204 dropping a little bit from an opening number we saw around 205 and a hook or 205 yesterday. Big picture, Kev. You see the spread, you see the total. What are your thoughts about game one tonight in Miami? Nobody watches Heat basketball. I don't I mean, what do you want me to say? Like nobody cares about the Miami. Here's the thing about this, right? So you know we talk about trap lines, indicate lines, mm-hmm. this tells you this, this tells you that, right? So mm-hmm. the other day I, I was I was talking to DRS and I was mad about the Celtics line. I said, I gotta stop you right there. That would su- suggest any of this is a surprise. None of this is surprising. If you've been paying attention, even if you haven't been, but you just tune in and you get some old K-dubs in your life, right? I'm sure Ben's been telling you the same message. They don't like the Miami Heat, or they're in love with the Boston Celtics. Probably the combination of the two. So when they put Boston as the series favorite, I wasn't surprised. I disagree. When they put Boston as only a one-and-a-half-point dog when nobody's touched the Heat at home so far this postseason, I wasn't surprised. I just disagree. So here's the plan. Keep being right about Miami and keep backing the Miami Heat. That's been the MO. It's worked. Worked like gangbusters throughout this situation here. Here's the thing that people don't like, right? Because it doesn't fit the simplicity of sometimes breaking down basketball. 
Well, I like Boston in the series. They've got a better defense. Well, Miami's defense has been markedly better in the postseason. Uh, well, they got the best player in the series. Well, Jimmy Butler has been markedly better than Jason Tatum so far in the postseason. Those are facts. Those, are, those aren't opinions. Statistically, you can't make an argument that Jason Tatum's been better. Well, he's a better scorer. He's scoring less points. So what, he's not better on the defensive side of the basketball, certainly, right? I mean, complete, right? Can we get over the Kevin Durant performance, too? The Kevin Durant defensive shutdown? The guy just didn't show up. I mean, let's just call it what it is. I mean, the guy took off a series. He also was probably tired of Kyrie Irving and just no-showed a series. How Jason Tatum's defense do next round when Giannis was going for 34-13-7? I mean, let's stop the madness here. The truth of the matter is the Miami Heat have home court advantage. They're the better basketball team, and they have the best player in the series. That sounds like a team that I want to trust. I hope you guys, all of everybody out there, Enjoy Tangy Tuesday as much as I do, because oftentimes Kevin and I are in this co-hosting situation. We play off each mm-hmm. other. We provide the content you want to see and the perspective you need mm-hmm. entering an opening game of the Eastern Conference Finals. But I find myself often sitting here in this chair in amazement and just listening to all that Kevin lays out and in the way that he does. Because again, a masterclass. And let's echo some of Kevin's points, but also provide the Boston perspective as well. At home, this postseason, Miami is a perfect 6-0 straight up and 5-1 against the number. They have booked as a favorite in every of their home games so far throughout this NBA postseason. But Boston on the road, as an underdog, has been incredibly good throughout these playoffs. 5-0 as a team so far for the Boston Celtics. So when you look at that, Kev, and you see how this all stacks up, with a total of 204, the lowest of the postseason, mm-hmm for both Boston and Miami, and Boston went under in five of seven against Milwaukee, the last two games under for the Celtics. The Heat under in four of the six against the Sixers, under in all five against the Atlanta Hawks. And you see that number at 204 204 with two defenses that you state very, very good, which makes sense Mm -hmm. to me. What's your approach to that total tonight as well? Yeah, so here's the thing whenever you get a total like that. It's more than reasonable to say, hey, look, these two defenses are going to come out there. It's going to be a rock fight, and you got to go under. But the total is so low, it takes one team can do the job. Take a look at what happened when the Suns and the Mavs played, game number seven, right? Dallas was hot all game long, scored 123. There was nothing you could do if you backed the under. Like, again, imagine you backed under, I tell you, Phoenix scores 90. You lost, and you lost comfortably, ultimately, when it was all said and done on a total. My approach, and it's going to sound like a cop-out, but there are countless options, so it's fine. I'm not betting a total in game one of either series. I'm not betting. Maybe even, I might go in live. You get a read for it. You feel like there's some regression coming. That's more than fair. Don't forget, by the way, it's not like the lines are gone the second they tip the basketball. That stuff's there, and it's rocking all game long. I am not going for a pregame total in this series in game number one. I want to feel it out in the same way that I'm sure these two teams do. The total has dropped by about a point, point and a half in the last 24 hours or so when this line was set for game number one tonight in South Beach. And again, Boston gets a lot of credit, as they should, the most efficient defense in all of the NBA throughout the regular season. But Miami has held seven of their 11 games to their opponent in the playoffs so far to under 100 points. Seven of 11 games, Miami has held their opponent to under 100 points. That is fascinating stuff 
in this postseason. And one more point that I want to clarify, I said Boston was 5-0 and as a road underdog in this postseason. What I mean by that was 5-0 and against the number four of those five covers were outright wins. So you brought up this point earlier, Kev, the comparison between the two stars tonight. For Miami, it's Jimmy Butler. For Boston, it's Jason Tatum. Tatum's points prop, the highest of game number one, sitting at 27 and a half, although the juice has moved to the under. Jimmy Butler's moved from 24 and a half overnight to 23 and a half live on this Tuesday morning. You look at both of these players tonight, Kevin, which of their points props stands out to you more? I mean, what do you, what do you want me to say? So again, we talk about reading lines, right? You see the Jason Tatum 27 and a half, right? What does that say? Oh, wow. That's What's that, three points lower than where he finished against Milwaukee? Because it shows what the Miami Heat defense has been able to do here. Folks, do we remember round number one against Trey Young, a guy who, by the way, averaged 28 and a half a game this season, top five scorer in the mm. NBA? What did he finish with? 15 and a half per game. My goodness gracious, what a nightmare. Don't get me, star- don't get me started on James Harden. Don't get me started on what James Harden did for the Philadelphia no. 76ers. Embiid never got right, never got right in the series against the Miami Heat. And also, while I do think it is a little difficult to peel through the three-game sample size provided by Boston or Miami this year because of how much has changed, who was and who wasn't available during some of the series, Jason Tatum played in all three. Scored 23, 20, and 10. Good enough for a 17.7 average. Yes, one at some point Tatum will pop off. He has We know he has a ceiling, but there's also going to be another game where he shoots 5 of 20. We know that also is going to happen. I'd rather back a Tatum under to start this series. And when you look at Jason Tatum, over this number in four of the seven games against the Milwaukee Bucks, I might look at a Jason Tatum assist prop, but that's a little bit later on in our show. When you look at Jimmy Butler on the other side, however, over this number in half of the postseason games that he has played, three of the six against Philadelphia, including 32 in that game six clinching series victory in the city of brotherly love over in two of the four that he played against the Atlanta Hawks. And every time, Kevin, that he has gone over this number of 23 and a half or even 24 in a hook yesterday, Jimmy Butler has scored at least 32 points for Jimmy to score 30 or more right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook plus 255 for game number one tonight. Bam out of bios prop. Interesting from a points perspective. 15 and a half over just four times in this postseason. But like Jimmy, when he goes over, mm-hmm. it's by a considerable margin. Every time he has gone over in the playoffs, he has scored at least 20. What do you make of Bam in this series? Is he an X factor of sorts for Miami? Oh, 100%. So I'm sure whether you've been able to get into it today or at some point, will those conference finals MVP numbers there, right? First time we've ever been given conference finals MVPs. The expectation, you look at it in both the East and the West, is they've basically taken the best team and they've said very likely, or the best player on each team, and they said, look, if they win, it's going to be this guy, right? Tatum, Jimmy, Steph, Luka. More than understandable there. But since we're not in the finals, right, and things can be very matchup-based. If you remember, it's not that long ago, two years ago, Eastern Conference Finals, Heat Celtics, the best player in the series, ask Shames if I'm lying to him, it was Bam Adebayo. He led Miami in points, rebounds, and assists, had had one of the great defensive postseason plays on that block against Jason Tatum going to the basket there. And had they had the Conference Finals MVP back then, we'd be talking about one-time Eastern Conference Finals MVP, Bam Adebayo. 
So I think the BAM numbers are light. What, 15 and a half points, eight and a yep. half rebounds? You go points plus rebounds on BAM, he goes double double, 20 and 10. That's not outrageous. Bam needs a big series for Miami to get where they need to go. He's let's be honest here. As much as I've been complimenting, yeah. he's coasted a little bit during this postseason. Because mm-hmm. Jimmy's been going up to a whole nother level here. Bam's coasted a little bit. He needs to step up in this series. And from a matchup standpoint, as we wait for Bobby Will to get back to full health, Robert Williams for the <laughs> Boston Celtics, maybe this is an area Miami looks to exploit early on in this Eastern Conference Finals. And again, Boston booked as a series favorite in that outright price at minus 175. They're laying a game and a half in the series spread. In the shortest outcome for the series total games is six, which would be in Boston at plus 180. It is not a surprise that Boston is booked as a favorite at a dollar and 75 cents, maybe a little bit lofty. We continue looking around the conference finals up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. A conference finals forecast as the NBA postseason returns tonight with game number one in the Eastern Conference Finals in Miami. The Heat, a slight one-and-a-half-point home favorite against the Boston Celtics. We take a dive into the value and the future prices here on the morning after, live on this tangy Tuesday on SportsGrid and Sirius XM Channel 159. He is Kevin Walsh for the entirety of this opening hour and I am Ben Stevens. And Kev, we mentioned it right before we got to break. Boston is booked as the series favorite, despite being a slight road underdog tonight. The price on the Celtics to win this series outright, minus 175. Not a surprise if you've been following the Eastern Conference playoffs, because every game between Boston and Milwaukee last series, the winner of said game would jump in front of Miami, it seemed, to become the favorite in the Eastern Conference. But it's a strong start tonight that we look out for with Miami booked Mm -hmm. as a slight one and a half point favorite and what that means for the rest of this series between Boston and Miami and Kev when you look at the odds for the game one and then series outright parlay the shortest number is for Boston to win tonight pull the upset slightly on the road and then overall win this series at plus 150 but the number that stands out to me is the longest number on that board at plus 700 for Boston to win tonight in Miami to win the series. There's an expectation when you look at these prices, Kev, that Boston's going to win one of the two games in South Beach to begin this Eastern Conference Finals, and that's why they're booked as a minus 175 series outright favorite. Here is why that number, the 7-1 to that you bring up, makes a lot of sense when we're talking just value. Ask yourself this, Boston's minus 175. They win tonight. They won't. They win tonight. What does that number go to? My guess, minus 500. That might be, and that's like a strong number, right? That's a strong number, but they, okay? So that means Miami to win the series would be about plus 340. You're getting double, double what the number would be. That's a great piece of business. That right there is exactly what you're looking for. And I'll tell you this right now. In fact, how about Heat 
And then Boston wins the series, right? Which I bet you there's a lot of people who, by the way, think this is how this is going to go. If Miami wins tonight, what does the Boston – Miami probably goes to what? Minus 120? Minus 125? You're not getting Boston at – the max you would probably catch Boston, I would say, is plus 120 on the series. Again, you're doubling the number here all of a sudden. Like, you want to straight play value? Those are the two numbers that jump out, is basically the mix-match pairing of Game 1 series winner. It's a great find by you. It's a great point by you as well, because we see these numbers change constantly on a daily basis based on the outcome in the series prices. It's one of my favorite markets to follow throughout whatever postseason you're following, because each and every day you're provided with a new opportunity for a big plus money price or some value along the way and Kevin's right again with the expectation that Boston booked as a road underdog tonight is still minus 175 to win this series outright and with all the Boston numbers we have seen throughout the Eastern Conference playoffs probably going to win one of the two at least that's the hope from the odds standpoint in Miami those numbers really stand out for Miami to win tonight and Boston to win the series at plus 250 or Boston to win tonight which wouldn't shock anybody necessarily they're only booked as a point and a half dog and for Miami to win this series which I still think is in the cards at seven to one based on where the series prices might be tomorrow morning on a Wednesday when you wake up and then join us here on the early line hosted by Kevin and Donnie and here on the morning after as well starting at 9 a.m eastern time so Kevin then we look for more value at all points and what those odds tell us because when you go to the series correct score market in the eastern conference the most likely outcome is for Boston to win in six, four games to two right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Again, not a surprise with the series favorite wrapping up this series at home inside TD Garden in game number six. But as you evaluate this board, Kevin, which of these prices catches the eye the most? Yeah, so you you always try and look towards the extreme numbers because it can kind of then provide you a lot of opportunity, right? Like you see right away, Boston in six is plus 290. That's kind of the expectation for them. Then they've got the Miami in seven, which is plus 450. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of going with what you're saying here. I'm just going to a slightly different market, though, because this is always called the series correct score, but after only three games. Here's why I bring it up. Again, it, it's similar to what we were just talking about with the mixed match of game one series winner, right? Miami up 3-0 plus 790. Now, you might hear them be like, man, this guy's going too far. What does he think? They're going to sweep him? Forget that. Remove everything I've said. Is it crazy, Ben, that I tell you Miami's going to win the first two games of this series, both of them being at home? I mean, is that ridiculous? Because guess what? Now all of a sudden, your Game 3 Miami Heat money line is plus 790. I mean, obviously, job well done. I view that not plus 790 for Miami to be up 3-0, Miami plus 790 to be up 2-0, and then I can operate from there. To be honest with you, you could similarly sell me on a Boston 3-0. I don't, again, I don't think that's going to happen there. But basically, you're live in each market after game one. See what happens game two. And then game three, you've got a world of opportunity. And when we talk about value from these odds and all these plus money prices, it's not necessarily about cashing that ticket outright. It's about giving yourself guaranteed profitability at every juncture throughout this postseason series. So the fact that you would be in play with a plus 790 ticket in game number three, again, value from the very start of the Eastern 
conference finals. And to echo Kevin's point one final time here, Miami's a point and a half favorite at home tonight. Even if Boston wins, it's still probably going to be a point and a half in game number two in Miami. We haven't seen the odds change all that much from a game standpoint on a game-to-game basis if we are staying in the same place and there are no really catastrophic injuries on either side. So the Heat, a one-and-a-half-point favorite at home tonight in game number one of the Eastern Conference Finals. Game number one of the Western Conference Finals tomorrow night in San Francisco between the Golden State Warriors and the Dallas Mavericks. The Dubs right now a five-point favorite on the FanDuel Sportsbook at home with an over-under that currently sits at 214.5. We take the game one odds into the series outright price because, Kevin, that's where we have seen the most movement. When we knew the matchup for the Western Conference Finals, Dallas pulling off the upset, winning by 32 points on the road in Phoenix on Sunday night. This market opened up, and the Dallas Mavericks were a plus 205 series underdog. The price on the Warriors even greater at minus 250. But here's where we've seen the movement, really, in the past 12 to 14 hours. 30 cents off the price for Golden State, now minus 220 as the series outright favorite. And the Mavs getting some love in the market as well at plus 185. So, Kev, you've seen this movement. What do you make of it? Yeah, well, I agree with it. So, when you know how I feel about Golden State. They were pricing these Golden State Western Conference futures. And I was like, man, are you really telling me that they're going to be minus 250 against Dallas? And lo and behold, they were. But also, lo and behold, everybody agreed that that was ridiculous. They should not be minus 250 over the Dallas Mavericks because of if the Dallas Mavericks are here, what does that mean? They beat the number one seed Phoenix Suns. And boy, did they ever beat that team. I mean, my— yep. Don't get me started on the Phoenix. Don't get me started on the Phoenix Suns. If you want, we can, but we probably shouldn't, realistically. I think I actually might get in trouble if we go down that pathway. But the Dallas Mavericks proved that they legitimately have the juice. They played Golden State very well this year. Luka Doncic is, come on, staff fans, clearly the best player, clearly the best player in this series. And people, the, the thing with Dallas, right, is they don't have a second star. Like, they don't even have a side piece that we slander. Like a Rudy Gobert, a Chris Middleton, a guy that, like, the fan base loves, but we're like, cut it out, he's not that good. Like, Jalen Brunson isn't even at that level. But what they have right now is a defense that, not out of nowhere in that it was all of a sudden in that series, but coming into this season, the, the notion around Dallas was not the defensive side of the basketball. Their defense has been good really all year long, elevated during the postseason, Look at what they did to Phoenix in the four games that they beat the Suns. If I remember correctly, the most they gave up was 101, with the other three all being like 90 or less, right? Like, the Dallas Mavericks and what they did on the defensive side of the basketball is why I think they're earning so much respect. And they are 6-3 and three against the number when booked as an underdog throughout this postseason. 6-3, and three, nine games. The Dallas Mavericks have been booked as a dog and providing you tons of of profits six and three against the spread winning outright in five of those six which they did again 123 90 in game seven on the road when booked as a six and a half point underdog who are we to discredit Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks so when you see a five up there for tomorrow night in San Francisco in favor of Golden State knowing how good Dallas has been against the spread as a dog this postseason it's a very 
very juicy number in my opinion and by the way if you need perspective on Luka Doncic 33 and a half is his points prop right now for the opening game in the Western Conference Finals tomorrow night with the over slightly juiced but again Kevin as we look at value here between the Golden State Warriors and the Dallas Mavericks so many markets available in the Western Conference Finals we showed you the series correct score in the East the same can be said in the West where four of the best odds all favor Golden State and for Golden State to get this done rather quickly although the market has moved in that series outright price there is still Kevin odds expectation that Golden State wins this series rather easily I'm not so mm-hmm. sure I agree with those numbers yeah I, I I feel the same way as you the number that I am anxiously awaiting I don't mm. it's it's very suspicious by its absence is the series spread. Now, wow. I want to know what it is now, but to be honest with you, I'm not worried about what it is now. Let Golden State win game number one, and let's get the Dallas Mavericks plus two and a half games. That's the dream. That's the dream right there. Mavs mm-hmm. plus two and a half games. Make this series go at least six, which again, I think at this point, even most Golden State backers would have to agree, lines up nicely, and jumps off of the page. So that's a market that I'm really starting to to wait around on. Series spreads. The thing with, by the way, let me just make this overarching point as well, Ben. The the series markets, all of them, right, are more valuable usually after the first game is played. That's because the book has but no choice to adjust. Think about this. How is Golden State minus 220 to win this series? comfortably favored in game number one they're going to win game number one and then all of a sudden be double the price it's as if they weren't expecting the result that they're expecting and that's when you get to swoop in then all of a sudden Mm -hmm. on a Dallas Mavericks the ability to buy after a game after two games is what makes series prices so great and the most likely outcome as we showed you right there in the Western Conference right now is Golden State to win in five games at plus 310. But the second most likely outcome, according to the series correct score market, is for this to go seven and Golden State to win game number seven on their own home floor at plus 340. Kevin saw it. When Dallas was down three games to two, heading back to their own home floor where they had won both games against Phoenix, they were plus 540 entering game six in that series outright price. Think of all of that value on the Dallas Mavericks or at any point throughout these conference finals. That's the forecast. You can find odds and good plus money prices updated on a daily basis. We end out our number one by hearing from you and fade the public up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rounding out our number one morning after live here on sports grid on this tangy tuesday tangy especially in this opening hour of tma and sirius xm channel 159 i am ben stevens but it's been old k dubs kevin walsh who has made it especially tangy on this tuesday and a final bit of tanginess as we close out 
this first hour because the line has now moved for the Eastern Conference Finals. Opening game tonight in Miami. The Heat now a two-point home favorite against the Boston Celtics. The total at 204. What's the best bet? Let's find out from you, the betting public, and fade the public. So, okay, Dubs, that line has now moved, but when we released this poll just about an hour and a half ago, it was the Heat as a slight one-and-a-half-point home favorite, the Celtics a dog, and that total has remained the same since it dropped early on in the last 24 hours, now standing at 2.04. And this fade the public poll is pretty evenly split across the board, but it kind of makes sense that the betting public and their most selected option is the Celtics as a road underdog, getting a point-and-a-half, now two on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Kevin, let's end out this opening hour of Tangy Tuesday with your thoughts on what the public just did. Public, thank you. I appreciate this. I don't mean to, I don't mean to slander you, public. Yeah, you I do. Think, I actually think you get a... No, 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 I don't. I think the public gets a bad rap, man. I think people are too mean oh. to the public at times. But I was getting a little uncomfortable about how much I was hearing I like Miami because of the rest advantage. It was a little too easy for people. Mm. But... It's good to see the Boston love is still there. Did Shames maybe slap a, a Riz Tiz on the pole, maybe? You got to ask yourself, is he juicing the numbers? These are the questions yeah. that not enough people are asking, but I'm the one asking the hard hitters there. One thing I will say, when it flipped to minus two, the money line went up to around minus 135. It immediately came back to minus 126. So that heat yep. and money line could still rise throughout the day. So keep some tabs on that. Okay, Dubs, one of the co-hosts of the early line each and every weekday morning. Kevin, as always, thank you. Hour two up next.